0: Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know the one, the only, the great, Master John!
1: Thank God there's only one! (laughs) (laughs) Thank heavens! Right? I can better put up with my own damn self.
0: You know, I <laughs> that is very true.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, uh. That
0: is very, very true. So I had received a really nice text message from oh. someone that attended our event our on somebody Saturday. Lied. Yeah, you think so?
1: Well if it was nice they did.
0: Well they've been <laughs> they've been on the show. Oh. They've been on the show before. We interviewed them. Okay. And when I got the message, I thought, oh, that's so sweet. So it goes like this. They said, hey, Mia, we just wanted to let you know again how much fun we had this last weekend. If it wasn't for your podcast and reaching out to us after the party and being so welcoming to both of us, we probably would never actually have the courage to act on our fantasies. We're looking forward to what the future holds. And you're so thankful. And oh, excuse me. And we are so thankful for your part in all of it. That was nice. That was so sweet. And, you know, I, again, I'm not going to take credit for that. They this. had a
1: great time at the party. They
0: had a fucking phenomenal party. I mean, I walked in on that.
1: I, but I, <laughs> I didn't walk in on it, but I saw them come out, and I looked upstairs, and I looked at all of them. I said, like, you all a bunch of little sluts, aren't you? And they got the biggest <laughs> grin on their face. I know exactly what happened.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, good for them. That was fabulous. I know. <laughs> that was so great. So... Tonight we're gonna to talk ten parts in the history of kinky sex.
1: Wow, kinky sex
0: mm-hmm.
1: in history. We're so gonna change we're gonna change what <laughs> all the stories. <laughs> we're about to tell the damn truth.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> this was put out by listverse.com in 2018. And uh, it was fact-checked by Jamie Frater. It was written by Joe Duncan. It says, do you have a kink perhaps one of you are ashamed of or or keep a secret of? Or do you rock your leather proudly for nights out on the town, strutting your stuff with the best of them? Kinks and taboos have been built into every fabric of the sexual experience since the dawn of time. And it continues on. But I don't see why not. We can't just just jump into number 10, which is kink in prehistory, John.
1: Yeah, I just want to say... Thank you somebody for writing this article and saying we've been having kinky sex ever since we've been having sex. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. If you if you're not having fun then why are you doing it? So let's get a little kinky. And what a lot of the stuff that we do that we think is kinky, you know what? It's just normal stuff. It's not kinky at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. According to some of the women you've slept with John, they're pretty pretty dirty. <laughs>
1: They're pretty dirty. They're, I make them do dirty things.
0: <laughs>
1: sluts. <laughs>
0: I joked on my water.
1: I right. like sluts. I wasn't yes, saying do. anything bad. I was like, "Thank no. you for being a slut." Yes, I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Number ten king in prehistory. Well, if it was prehistory, how do we know? We're just making shit up now. <laughs> okay. Kink and sex has a long, rich tradition. I have a long, rich dick. Okay.
0: Here we go. Talking about John's penis again. Everybody
1: wants to know. This is why they listen.
0: (laughs) Do they? Do they really want to know? I don't think so. No. All right. Continue on.
1: Kink and sex has a long, rich tradition. In fact, sexuality is so deeply ingrained in the human experience that some of our earliest art was of sexual organs and the sex act. In caves that may have been inhabited as early as 37,000 years ago, depictions of the human vagina were found edged into the rock. Ooh. Damn. Pussy it, was running the world yes. 37,000 years ago. Could
0: you imagine little David playing with, you know, himself in a cave drawing pictures of a pussy and his mom comes in and says, David, what the hell? Why are you drawing pictures of a woman's penis, you little pervert? <laughs> <laughs> and
1: he said, but mom, it's you. <laughs> and that's when we started wearing clothes.
0: Gross. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Uh,
1: although some animal pictures are mixed in, the site in southeastern France, oh, of course, France, mm-hmm. those squeaky fucks, <laughs> mainly contains explicit depictions of the human vulva. Volva.
0: You like that word, I don't do. you?
1: Rolls off my tongue. Oh, I bet. Rolls Literally. On my um, tongue, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> you like licking vulvas, too. A
0: little bit. Go ahead.
1: Cave Art with Sex Team also taught us a lot about history, especially about the Americas and their people. You're right, because America's fucked up. <laughs> Recent discoveries of cave paintings in Brazil show that people may have crossed over and inhabited the Americas as early as 30,000 years ago eighteen thousand years earlier than previously believed. What was the content of this some of some campaigns they taught us? Sex, of course.
0: Whoa. Number nine Ancient Spankings.
1: Ooh
0: Right? This is right up my alley. Not only do ancient cave paintings show explicit pictures of female genitalia, but ancient artists also tell stories that are familiar in the bedroom with fantasies of some modern people. The story of the spanking. One painting is fairly explicit. It depicts a woman being spanked by her lover in an ancient threesome. Both men have their hands raised. One has a stick prepared to spank her behind as she pleasures both men. The painting is fairly worn down, but the scene is very still explicit. And it's obvious that the artist was trying to portray some kinky stuff from thousands of years ago. Wow. So, John, that might have been your ancient ancestors, you know. A dude, a chick, and a stick.
1: (laughs) That wasn't ancient. That was last week.
0: I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number eight.
1: I'm just thinking both men have their hands raised. They're probably high-fiving each other.
0: I bet and they so. They
1: are high-fiving, one smacking on the ass. They're having a good time. All right. Ancient Egyptian kink. We keep coming up. Egypt keeps coming up. Egypt and Australia. You know that?
0: Very true.
1: Ancient Egypt was rife with prehistoric sex practices. As can be imagined by looking at their art and religious practices, ancient Egyptians commonly engaged in zoophilia, a.k.a. Bestiality.
0: Ugh. Oh. No, thank you. <laughs> Turn page.
1: Men had sex with cattle and many other domesticated animals. In fact, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs depict bestiality as early as 3000 BC. Gross.
0: All right.
1: Well, wow. technically Greek and of Macedonian origin, Cleopatra was ruler of ancient Egypt from 51 BC until her death in 30 BC. She, not- she She's notable for her relationship with Julius Caesar. Seizure, <laughs> Julius <Seizure.
0: laughs> no. Caesar. No Caesar, like Caesar salad dressing. Yes, I know.
1: I'm having a seizure. It wow. Jeez, but one thing known by a few people is that she had a very unorthodox sex toy—a vibrator filled with filled and powered by live bees.
0: O M G.
1: You know, I didn't know that, but I did know that the little um. Arm bracelet that people wear with the snake. Yeah. It's really cute and sexy. Yeah. That's from Cleopatra. She used to have.
0: Yes, yeah, she did.
1: She had um, ball pythons that she would wear as jewelry. Wow. She'd wear them on her own live ones.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: She She's also a had. A mass bitch. Yeah, she had live bees for a vibrator. That's awesome. Damn. Cleopatra was definitely on the kinky side, and this innovation was a hallmark of ancient ingenuity. Wow. We've been. I knew Indians, American Indians, they use corn cobs as dildos, but I did not know about vibrating bees. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, here we go. We've talked about this before.
0: Mmm, ancient necrophilia. Your mm,
1: favorite.
0: My favorite. I just get hot thinking about it. <laughs> Dead bodies and shit. Let's see. In keeping up with their death worship, ancient Egyptians, here goes with the Egyptians again.
1: I like those guys.
0: <laughs> frequently practiced necrophilia. From religious obsessions with the afterlife to admirable embalming practices and massive pyramid graves, Ancient Egyptians were fascinated with death. While discussing the best ancient Egyptian embalming practices, an ancient Greek author writes The wives of men rank are not given to be embalmed immediately after death, nor indeed are any of the more beautiful and valued women. It is not till they have been dead three or four days that they are carried to the embalmers. This is done to prevent indignities from them. Being offered,
1: from being offered to them, yes. They let them rot, so people won't fuck, fuck them. God them. God bless.
0: In other words, let the body die.
1: It. <laughs> <You laughs>
0: explains
1: <laughs> <laughs> the putrefication. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a great word.
0: Oh, putrefication! I know some
1: putrid people.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <In future. laughs> wow.
0: wow. Okay. Even after ancient Egyptian mythologies filled with necrophilia, for example, Osiris and Seth were enemies. Seth des- destroyed Osiris and cut him up. The goddess Iris was charged with collecting the dead body parts, although the only body part that came up lacking when she tried to put Osiris back together was his penis.
1: Old Osiris. Okay.
0: Yes. So number six, John. Oh, wait, we gotta
1: finish it. So Isis created a new penis and attached it to the body of Osiris. Oh yeah. And they are now pieced back together. <laughs> then she had sex with the recreated corpse.
0: <laughs> I was gonna avoid the rest of that, uh, but you know. Wow.
1: Well, I wanted to know. I Inquiring bet you did.
0: Minds. Exactly.
1: Perverted minds. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute! I want to know what happened. Group sex in Greece. That's where I want to be. Oh, wow. Group sex wasn't limited to ancient paintings of threesomes. Greece was world-renowned for sabbatry and still lives in infamy over its rampant homosexuality. One thing that stands out as patently Greco-Roman is the obscene and extreme acts of group sex which were common throughout those ancient cultures. A large part of the ancient Greeks becoming a cornerstone of the Western civilization, civilization was their olive oil a treasure throughout the entire known world at the time. Thus, the olive oil couldn't be transported in any old container. Taking great pride in the olive pots, the Greeks assigned the greatest artists to painstakingly inscribe various types of art on those pots. One of the most common themes was group sex.
0: Perfect. Well, well we know you like group sex.
1: I like groups of sex, yes.
0: And we saw a lot of group sex going on. Beds breaking and everything else on Saturday, so I've just thrown that one out there. <laughs> okay. okay, so number five, cake and sodomy with Caligula. Mmm,
1: cake and sodomy. That Yikes. sounds like blushing.
0: It does. <laughs> when it comes to exotic sex, nobody did it like Julius Caesar, aka Caligula, as the member. Or the, excuse me, of the as the emperor of ancient Rome, from AD 37 to forty one, Caligula used his power in the most provocative ways to exploit people. Sounds like such a great guy. Hmm. Using
1: some nice words about him.
0: Yes. Narcissistic, antisocial, violent, bloodthirsty, and hypersexual. Caligula did what he wanted, and his abuses of power were seemingly never ending.
1: Sounds like a serial killer.
0: Yeah he effectively discarded the Roman Senate so that they could not obstruct him. Caligula even forced senators to serve him in the ancient Roman version of the miniskirt to embarrass them in front of good company. Cut to 1932, Italy is frantically searching for boats called Nemi ships, which belong to this ancient Roman emperor. Then-dictator Mussolini is trying to drum up Italian nationalism for the war effort and the newly employed Italian fascism. He thinks that these boats are of great historical relevance. Why, you may ask? Because they represent ancient Italian power. The Nimi ships were Caligula's party boats. Picture two party boats reserved specifically for wine-fueled, candlelit orgies on the Mediterranean Sea.
1: Sounds like a yacht.
0: It does sound like a yacht. I'm on
1: a party boat.
0: Each vessel is 400 feet long, from marble decor, handmade mosaic tile, and a capacity holds up to 2,000 people. Dang. In total, a four thousand per, per- <laughs> a four thousand person orgy. Wow. Wow.
1: I hope they have enough condoms.
0: No, <laughs>
1: no condoms. They, they used
0: like um, what was they it? They didn't like,
1: use anything
0: like sheepskin or.
1: <laughs> they barebacked the shit out of them. They knew how to party. They knew what they were doing.
0: Whether slaves or. Sh- <laughs> Did I hear they used like intestines or something? To protect anything? Or oh we read stones for one.
1: Stone. Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: they put stones in the vagina. Poor yeah. women. Whether slaves or soldiers, Caligula had sex with whomever he wanted in any way that he wanted. When it came to group sex, the Greeks couldn't hold a candle to Caligula. <laughs> reportedly also enjoyed incest and murdering people during sex for fun. Wow.
1: Was he murdering the people he was having sex with, or was he fucking somebody while he was murdering somebody else? It
0: says murdering people during sex for fun. So yes, it he was say which fucking people. them. Well, would you care? He was killing people regardless.
1: I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. He
0: sounded like a Hannibal Lecter of sex Jeez. and serial killing. Psycho. Oh my God. I told you, you sound like a serial killer. Yeah, you were so right.
1: I was just listening on the radio today about um, a serial rapist and a serial killer. They were looking for two different guys. One was a serial killer. Yeah. One was a rapist. Yeah. Turned out they were both the same guy. Perfect. Yeah. And he, like 27 years later, he found one of his old rape victims and wrote her a letter and asked, remember when we played together?
0: Oh, God. How it was a game creepy. to him.
1: Yeah. He called Ugh. it playing. Ugh. He was killing people, raping him, when he was playing.
0: Wow. Yeah, That's this sick. sounds
1: like Caligula.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. Medieval prostitution. Shit. We love our prostitutes.
0: <laughs> well, John loves <laughs> not, not, not
1: prostitutes. Us. I'm saying
0: oh, okay.
1: humans. Oh, okay, <laughs>
0: John. Whatever
1: you say. <laughs> I don't pay. I think. Probably because I'm broke If I had money I
0: think you're giving yourself (laughs) away (laughs) I like sluts Alright Go ahead slut
1: Contrary to popular belief Sex wasn't the Prudish Shun thing In the middle ages That we tend to think it was Sex was common Natural And somewhat free What? Sex is natural
0: And free?
1: And common People do it? (laughs) What the fuck When done for the right reasons and phrased in the right ways in discussion. We did a podcast a few weeks ago that said fuck was a medieval term.
0: Yes, but was it really?
1: I don't know. Fornicate under command of Med- the king. king, yeah. Yes. I love that word now. <laughs> we should all just go fuck. Okay. <laughs> in medieval times, we would believe that sex was necessary and that abstinence could lead to severe sickness. True. We believe that now. <laughs>
0: that what we believe? If you
1: don't have enough sex, you get prostate cancer. Oh, my God. We, we've talked about it. <laughs> Women served as religious sacrifice, and many devout Christians of the Middle Ages firmly believed that prostitution was good for religious men. Supposedly, men who did not release their sexual urges would go on to commit more vulgar, vulgar and evil sins. You see that now, too?
0: Mm-hmm. Is that what we see?
1: Well, we have lots of stories of little boys getting molested.
0: Oh, God, gross. Okay.
1: So, I guess they were right.
0: Can't you make this, this little thing any darker at this point? It's,
1: it's the Middle Ages. It's the Dark Ages. That's how we're... No.
0: Read on, John. Damn it.
1: <laughs> if a woman was seen as impure, she would simply be a prostitute, which was rampant in the Middle Ages. To keep away from supposedly chaste women, men slept with prostitutes. Brothels were even set up so that the good women could remain pure many places, oh, it was a public service.
0: Yes, public service for you, John.
1: In many places at the time, the church considered prostitution a necessary evil to keep men away from extreme violence. This is also why prostitution was actually a booming business at a time of seemingly rigorous chastity. Wow. Oh. Oh, here we go. Look at you. You always get your favorite ones.
0: Oh, don't I, though? Number three, Marquise de Sade. Yeah. He was a French writer who was heavily interested in sex and eroticism. He was most famous for a work called Justine, the 1791 version of Fifty Shades of Grey. The term sadism, which refers to sexual gratification from inflicting pain on another person, comes from...
1: Sade. Sade. Marquise de Sade.
0: You know, when I look at Sod, I think of the word just Sade, because she's one of my favorite singers, but just saying. (laughs) He wrote The 120 Days of Sodom, which is the Kama Sutra for kinky people, and described a variety of sexual perversions. The 120 Days of Sodom is about four wealthy men who kidnap other people at their leisure for sexual indulgence. Hmm. Alphonse Francois? otherwise known as Marquise de Sade, not only wrote about these sexual perversions of rape, abuse, torture, and orgies, he actually practiced them. He eventually died in a mental asylum in 1814 after being stripped of his freedom by Napoleon. De Sade's work was completely banned in France until 1957.
1: And, you know, a lot of his work now people read, and that's where they get the BDSM practices Very true. From, are from him. Very true. Very true. So he he's considered by many to be the father of BDSM. Isn't
0: that crazy? Yeah. But he he's was He's not. He wrote about yeah. it. He
1: practiced it. He gave it to the masses. Just like they said, Fifty Shades of Grey opened it up to a whole new generation now. It opened up it up to a whole generation of people that could read. But
0: he <laughs> in was a France. racist and a kidnapper. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean he was a bad dude.
0: <laughs> Obviously. Okay. But
1: now people Read his stuff and they fantasize about it and they want to. They play it out.
0: We've heard that before, have we not?
1: I mean, we played out the dungeon for him. <laughs>
0: oh, <God. laughs>
1: we do BDSM. That's what we do. Yes. Okay.
0: We don't need his in, ghost in, in lingering in about. In case
1: you forgot, <laughs> that's what we do.
0: <laughs> to willing participants.
1: <laughs> it's all consensual. We didn't kidnap anybody. Unless they asked us to.
0: <laughs> just read number two. I'm
1: working on I know oh I can't gosh. read. i just be making shit up. Gosh, John. The Rise of Modern BDSM. BDSM stands for bondage and discipline and sadism and masochism. It, bo- it borrows heavily from the thought process and eroticism found in the writings of Marque de Sade. The themes are generally control, worship, pain, consensual abuse, punishment, submission, role-playing, rope, and other forms of bondage, handcuffs, spankings, and a whole gamut of other perversions that mainly relate to one party being dominant over the other. Pain delivered or received for sexual gratification is one of the cornerstones of BDSM. While BDSM is as old as culture itself, the modern version is practiced throughout the West by participants from almost every walk of life. It is also commonplace as an orgy in ancient Rome. Words are just a commonplace if you know where to go. Of course. Like here. (laughs) BDSM came from the smaller terms BD and SM, which became popular in the 1960s in the United States. These abbreviations were often found in classified ads for sex or dating. However, it wasn't until the Internet came along that BD and SM were married as one unit to form the subgroup and lifestyle we know today as BDSM. Many people identify with this part of their personality. Their roles are parts of their roles are part of their lives and they may refer to BDSM as a lifestyle. Around two thousand BDSM became a broad term that covers all sorts of play fetishes. Like leather or latex fetishes, bubble popping and more.
0: Bubble popping.
1: We haven't talked Ooh. about bubble popping.
0: We haven't. I just don't see that it's sexual, but you know, people get into it, so
1: turns them on. We'll
0: have to find a bubble popper.
1: Oh, you hear that? If you're a bubble popper
0: yeah, reach out to us. We're yeah. excited.
1: Ooh, it gets you one.
0: Does it like, do you like wrap your dick in the bubble wrap?
1: <laughs> what are you asking I don't me?
0: Because don't you're a freak. And you'd be like, ooh, hey, Mia, can I have some of that packaging? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do like to pop bubbles. Yes, you do. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying it like it is. You're probably like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I can make a pocket pussy out of bubble wrap.
1: Why do you always want me to have a pocket pussy? <laughs>
0: Or fleshlight. flashlight.
1: You always want me to have. It. You know, I'm going to just go get one. Okay. Just to make you happy. So
0: this is one of your favorites, John. Number it's, one. It's,
1: it's I think it's our favorite.
0: Oh, it is.
1: <laughs> we both enjoy this one.
0: Number one. Yeah. yeah. Pornography. Porno. <laughs> or as my mother likes to refer it as, prono. <laughs> oh, bono. <laughs> prono. <laughs> you watching those pronos? Although it has been contested, some estimate that porn is a large industry. It's larger than the American NFL, NBA, and LMB combined. MLB. MLB? Isn't that what I said? No. What did I say?
1: LMB. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Major League Baseball. Thank you. Yes, I'm aware of what it is, John.
0: You can go fuck yourself.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, usually. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Other calculations say that porn has a higher annual income than Google, Apple, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Amazon combined. That is a lot of smut and kink.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Speaking of kink, it is often jokingly said that if you can imagine it, there's a porn about it.
1: I've seen them.
0: That's not far from the truth. The American DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition, that's one of your good readings, isn't it, John? Um, <laughs> I, I've read
1: part of it, yes.
0: Yeah, I bet you have. It lists paraphilias or kinks and a brief glimpse of the Wikipedia page for paraphilias and will pull up slightly fewer than 100 different kinks. The world is full of quirks. For example, Troilism, which is a.k.a. cuckoldering, is when a man likes to watch his partner have sex with other men. I say they like to fantasize about it as well. Often without the party's, the other party's knowledge. That's kind of creepy, but I've heard that happening. they you know, in the closet or something. Yes.
1: Or they'll exactly. they'll film it. See, so you,
0: you know. Like, you know. You <laughs> know. Listen,
1: if, if somebody wants me to fuck them in front of their husband yes. so they can see that I fuck them better than their husband does, I will yes. do it. there you go. I will do it.
0: Then there are the things that you almost never hear about, like, telephone scatolia scatagolia whoa
1: telephone scat
0: (laughs) right which is sexual pleasure derived from obscene phone calls or using foul language over the phone oh you
1: know all about that you
0: son of a bitch yes I do (laughs) stroke your cock you dirty whore Not only are people out there doing kinks, there's video evidence of it. Go figure. While a definitive number of sexual kinks is hard to tie down, many estimate and they say that at least 500 paraphilias exist. It seems that they always have. But they're at our fingertips in today's digital world instead of being practiced in basements or in lavish Roman ships. A DDSM-5... Excuse me. A DSM-5... Does note that paraphilias are not mental illnesses. Do we need to say that again for each one?
1: Yeah, I think somebody's back in here. It's not
0: <laughs> not a mental illness. You're not crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, I am really just, fucking crazy. Just not because of this. <laughs> so, whatever your flavor of kink, rest assured that someone out there has probably done it tens, of thousands of years before you ever were born. What?
1: I didn't make this shit up. Don't don't don't. I didn't just. Figure this out on how... Yeah.
0: Huh. Exciting, right?
1: Yeah, that's what we've always said. It's, it's more normal than we want to admit. So true. We're the normal ones. So true. Well, maybe not you. Me, I'm normal as fuck. <laughs> I'm fucked up. And fucked up is normal. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Enlightening. I want a ship with 4,000 people on to have sex with. That'd be great.
0: Absolutely.
1: But for now,
0: we yes, just John. have to
1: settle for the dungeon downstairs. Aw, <laughs> oh,
0: poor little thing.
1: But until all of us can get on a ship and fuck, make all of your fantasies become realities... <laughs>